Sitting here with a bad right ankle. Welcome to Funny Looking. (laughs) (laughs) I injured my ankle playing football with friends. I have a wonky ankle. A wankle. Anyway, if you're still listening, this is the fifth Funny Looking podcast. A podcast that no one's asked for and no one is listening to. The podcast that nobody is clamouring for. But by God, we keep recording them. And and we're banging them out. And we're banging out quality. Month by month. Just keep hitting it again and again. I am am very proud of this podcast. This podcast, uh, we've got an amazing guest. More about that later. We uh, had an amazing meal. Pete cooked. Mm, I'm a good guy. What's the aim of the podcast? Let's let's talk about that, Gav. What would you say the aim of the podcast is? Uh, it's to get through to the end without being uh, sued for libel. Sure, sure. Good one. Mine is to try and be slightly sexist, but in a funny way. Yes. I think you haven't ramped up the sexism on this episode so far, because obviously we've, we've pre-recorded this. Uh, but I have cut out the uh, rampant racism, misogyny <laughs> and hate crime. Well... You've got to have a laugh. What I do in my own time. Anyway, the aim of the pod is to highlight funny things and show you that there's a lot of great stuff out there that you might not already know about, or talk embarrassingly about stuff you already like. Basically, we're two guys with uh, no social life who watch too much TV and have an excuse to go out to see live comedy um, as a, a, a replacement for a general satisfaction, happiness. Agreed. And sure. <laughs> Oh okay. God. With the introductions all done, no one's still listening, so let's get on with it. So what are we uh, going to talk about this time, Gab? We fully jumped into our love for Channel 4, both what it's done for us over this summer and from the archives. And then we're going to talk about my flying visit to the Edinburgh Comedy Festival in 2012. Did not get an invite for that. No. Personally, I will do. Uh, then I've got a, I've got a little interview, lovely interview with a guy who's combining magic and comedy. Will you usurp me? That is true because I'm actually going to start this podcast with an interview with Mister Podcaster himself, Andrew Zaltzman. With a lovely time. Um, well done, by the way. Thank you. And thanks for making the effort. No worries, man. No worries. Okay. I live to podcast. You know that. <laughs> His peace chat uh, with Andy Waltzman. Okay, so we're talking, we're using Andy's brand new Fuck You Chris mug yeah. that he's been kindly presented by some some Uber fans. Yeah. Uh, just come off at the top of Larry, how was it for you? Better than Stockton on Tees last uh, night? In fact, Stockton on Tees, the gig was nice. The town, less so. It's a town <laughs> that's not had a lot of love politically. And uh, that shows, I think. Stockton's kind of the place where I don't even know where it is because it obviously doesn't have a major sporting team there. No, it doesn't. And that's how all my geography's based. Yeah, mine too, yeah. Most of my life, I've realised this since having children and, you know, when they ask questions about countries, (laughs) that all I can really tell them is, oh, yeah, they reached the World Cup semi-final in 1962 or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I I wouldn't know where Grimsby was if it wasn't for shitty football. Um... So, um, you've just done your show, um, and as a satirist, a trained and official professional satirist, yeah. and that's been Fully certified, yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything you wouldn't 
ever discussing your stand-up that you feel is too out there? Uh, no. No, it's all about how you treat subjects. Clearly there's some subjects that are extremely delicate. Mm-hmm. So it might be that you decide that the uh, in order to get comedy out of it, it's too difficult to get comedy without creating the wrong kind of reaction, without sure. you know, offending people first. So uh, it might be that you decide that you don't do that subject or you do it in an obtuse way through uh, an analogy or something, and, you know, unless you're the kind of comedian that wants to offend people, but that comes at a, at a price, and I think you have to have a certain persona to do that. Sure. I don't have that persona, <laughs> so I don't, um, you know, I, I don't generally do that kind of stuff. But I think you can, you can treat any issue with sensitivity mm-hmm. and still make it funny. And similarly, you could do an offensive joke about a peanut or a pencil. <laughs> um, it's, all, it's just all about how you treat the issue. Yeah, I saw um, Paul Sinner, the yeah. stand-up, saying that he doesn't do anything about economy or the economics because he doesn't understand it yeah. and he finds it boring. Is right. there anything like that that you just steer clear well, of? Because there was a bit of economy tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand it. and <laughs> the, I think that probably came through. It, it's, uh, it's slightly unfathomable. But I still think you can... I mean, you can take a layman's view on anything, even sure. though sort of complicated and uh, slightly obtuse, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know if there's... I don't know, I've not really thought about that very much, whether there's stuff that I think is beyond me. But, um, <laughs> Nothing's beyond you, yeah, I think. I think that's what we've learned. Hardcore Islamism. Probably not the safety best time. point of view. Um, OK, so as somebody who is doing his fifth podcast and a man yeah. who's just done his 200th podcast, yeah. what advice would you give? Would it get out, steer clear? Or? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I know. You see, I, mean, it, I haven't listened to the early bugles for ages, but it definitely took us a while to to sort of find our mm-hmm. to find the, the, our form, I guess, and find out how it was going to work. And that was, you know, well, John and I had not worked together for a year and a half. We had done a lot of stuff together previously, but still, it's you know, kind of I guess expand exploring a new format. The joy of it is that well, we had a we were given a thirteen show contract. Whereas when we've done radio, it's usually four or six. Mm-hmm. So we had a bit of time to let it develop. I don't know. I generally, I'd just advise podcasters to just try and make sure that it you know, has a bit of uniqueness about it. And, uh, Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, because obviously, I mean, that's, yeah, it's both the, the great thing about podcasts and it's like a drawback. You know, anyone can and yeah, does yeah, do yeah. it. So um, I guess you just have to try and... You must get... Insta- install your own quality control. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Start again. Um, <laughs> you must get stuck with a lot of people doing these sort of questions, though. Are you, do, you see the, do you see yourself as someone like a forerunner, or, uh, or is it just a happy coincidence? No, it's some... just luck, really. Um, and, and I, well, I don't know, we've always just done it as sort of a comedy show that happens to be the means of delivery as the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, neither of us had really thought much about podcasts before we did it. So I guess it was just the kind of show that we might have done on the radio yep. had we been given that opportunity. It just happened that the opportunity turned up in the form of the internet and podcasting rather than rather than radio. So and also we ours was slightly different. That we had a budget, we were being paid for it, and they were paying for studios as well. So we basically it was we we did it like a radio show mm-hmm. uh, rather than 
Sure. Yeah, you know, an amateur podcast, I guess. You, you say amateur, but that is a £20 podcast <laughs> microphone, so a yeah. bit in, bit in it's sorting. It's a nice little... To be honest, if this turns out shit, though, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you an email yeah. and let you know. Um, so a lot of the stuff you do, you know, is, is based on puns, and that's fine. I'm yeah. pro-pun. Right. My personal favourite pun is the classic cold and wet weaver, right. golden retriever. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's obvious. Yeah. So what's the sort of writing style for that? Do you spend a lot of time on Wikipedia, or you just... What, what, what goes uh, on? Well, a mixture of stuff. I do spend quite a lot of time on Wikipedia, <laughs> also just reading too many news sites which just ends up getting depressing and um, sure. uh, yeah the puns are, before I did uh, you know, it's a, because a podcast has a sort of infinite uh, scope that you know we could just fill up the time mm-hmm. with whatever we wanted without you know having to meet a you know a time constraint for radio or a content constraint I guess that enabled <laughs> it kind of brought that that dormant pun gene out that I inherited from my father <laughs> but, um, but it, basically the writing but I just want you know watching and reading a lot of news and then uh, trying to find a funny angle on it is, is the fury you face for the pun ones genuine or is it I think it is genuine is it a little yeah, from yeah, column A a little from column B uh, maybe a little bit I think, <laughs> I think John fears the pun he actually cracked a couple of them of his own recently so I think I'm off mic or? No, one was definitely on mic I think I'm breaking him down Wonderful. Yeah, good work. It's taken a while. It's taken almost ten years. <laughs> right, we've done enough comedy, so let's do some sport. Oh, yeah, yeah. far more interesting. Yeah, so, Olympic City, are you excited? What are you going to see? I'm seeing an unfeasible number of events. What's the most ridiculous thing you're going to see? The most ridiculous thing is the... I bought a ticket to watch the 50-kilometre walk. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought, I will never see a more stupid sporting event than that. Than men... If, uh, kind of just, just shuffling for three and a half hours. <laughs> I cannot imagine there is a worse spectator sport than that. <laughs> but I thought, I'd, I'm going to something almost every day at the Olympics. I'm going to try and do a kind of daily bugle bulletin during it. And I thought, to report on the psychological process of watching a three and a half hour walk. Do you get to see the whole event? Are you going to be well, out from the start to the end? They're doing it in, it's a two kilometre lap <laughs> up and down the Mall and Constitution Hill. So I don't know where my seat is going to be. <laughs> but I guess I'll see them scuttle past and then disappear off and then come back around and scuttle past again every 20 minutes. Wonderful. Uh, which, which walkers are you looking forward to seeing the most? Well, obviously, you've always got to back the uh, Ukrainians. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Classic know. walkers. Great yeah. technique. Yeah, they love walking. <laughs> so, uh, that was actually like my next question was what's the worst sport of the Olympics? Right. You've got for walking. Yeah. I'm personally going for diving. Diving. I yeah. think it's just falling. Fancifully. It is falling, yeah, it's falling skillfully, I guess. Skillfully. Um, but I don't know, I think it's one of those sports where you can be watching, I've never seen it live, but you watch it on telly and uh, you think, well, that was pretty good. And then the commentator <laughs> will say, oh, we got that completely <laughs> wrong. And then you'll see one and thought, oh, that didn't look very good. And they say, oh, that's a wonderful dive. Big game. Good mass across the board. So it's one of those kind of things that is slightly impenetrable as an as a uneducated neutral. I've got tickets for the uh, the football at Old Trafford. Right. Oh, it's going to be dreadful. <laughs> what game is that? I'm going to see one game before and then the first GB, Team GB. Right. Fully yeah. behind Team GB. Yeah. Right. So Team GB, Team England and Wales. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. I wanted someone from Guernsey or you know, from <laughs> Gibraltar in there. That would have been nice. Falklands. It's a shame. Um... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to see all kinds of stuff, and uh, 
uh, including the 100 metre final which will be uh, really yeah that's fucking amazing yeah so uh, it's going to be great okay awesome I spent a stupid amount of money on it as well <laughs> well thanks very much for coming to chat to me oh pleasure really enjoyed Cheers. the show thanks very much uh, good and, luck uh, with the world of podcasting thank you very much You like you like a laugh, See? so uh, better get involved with the big big August festival. Right. Um, so Channel Four, I've got a funny fortnight, which is fantastic. Everyone's They're, talking about it. Ev- oh, it's everywhere, isn't it? Oh, tweet, tweet, tweet. Uh, apparently, this year it's not doing as well as previous years. I think it's the Olympics. Where did know. it come from? Funny fortnight. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's in our hearts. It's in our soul. Um, but what it is, it's Channel Four celebrating thirty years of comedy. They've had a lot of good stuff, which we'll come to shortly. They're also putting a few pilots together that you can watch, enjoy with a host of amazing people. Uh, Toast of London, which we're going to check out. It's got Matt Berry Matt in. Matt Berry. More about him later. There's going to be a programme about Harry Hill's TV show, which I am ridiculously excited. You're a big fan of the fan oh, of the Hill, just, aren't you? He's just a uh, genius. Mm. Worship at the, the altar of his stupidity. Um, and then the programme we have chosen to watch, and which... You know what? We would probably recommend you do the same. Is the function room? Big Gab, tell us about the function room. Well, I'm going to move on from what you've just said. I'm going to enhance that and say I'm not going to probably recommend because we only talk about the things we think you might enjoy. I'm definitely going to recommend uh, the function room. Uh, w- well, the thing things you need to know. It's got Kevin Eldon in it. Kevin Eldon, the yeah. actor. Kevin Eldon. <laughs> oh God, uh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Uh, if again, if, if, you'll know his face if you don't know his name. Google it. He's been in so many funny things, and I, this is Kevin Eldon's year. <laughs> He's, well, well, don't take me from it. He's, BBC Two have commissioned a series off of him. Um, it's, it's it's got an amazing cast. Paul Ritter, who uh, was the dad in Friday Night Dinner, uh, Blake Harrison, uh, the tall guy from The In Betweeners. You love The In Betweeners. I do love the. How do you feel about The In Betweeners? I love The In Betweeners. Because I feel like people think they're too good for it. And everyone loves knob jokes. Everyone and loves a knob joke. And the in-betweeners is funny. The in-betweeners is just solid I'm funny. glad we agreed because this would have been the end. I couldn't have gone on. Yeah, we haven't talked about this. The film was all right. Oh, I know it was all right. But the series, very, very good. But, but doesn't everybody love the in-betweeners for the fantastic one-liners and the, the, the abusive references and for Greg Davis anyway? Exactly. Who was the best thing about the film? Anyway, we're not talking about the in-betweeners. And where did it come from? Function Room is a it's a it's a one off. It's a pilot at the moment. Um, I think there's a they're, they're showcasing a few pilots during this comedy season, um, and I would definitely say this this should go on. I think before we go, on, we should mention uh, we should mention the writer Daniel Meyer 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 M A I E R, who um, fantastic Twitterer. Follow him. Very funny. Very linked. And the reason he's very linked is he's written with everybody. Charlie Brooker. Harry Hill. Oh, Harry Hill. Going on tour soon, Harry Hill. And you better get us tickets. We'll sort it out. Get, get four tickets. Um, expensive. <laughs> so, so at the heart of this, it was about the writing, which is probably why he had such a cast just drawn to it, because it was very funny. We laughed. I laughed. We, watched, we just watched it together. I laughed straight away. Fair enough. I think the, 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 to explain the premise, there's a function room above a pub. Yep. You've got a couple of locals downstairs having a natter, but the main action is in what's going on above. And in the pilot episode, there is a um, community watch meeting. So Kevin Eldon plays your local police officer. 
the people from the local area come in to discuss uh, a case that is going on at the moment. That's as much as you need to know. It's not a massive, massive concept. It's not about plot. <laughs> it's not. It's about shit jokes. Not shit jokes. I was going for the non-explicit this time. Oh, come off it. The number of times they say shit in this pilot. It's a huge amount of times. The shit ed- egg killer yes. is the theme of uh, this episode. This one episode, this pilot episode. And um, yeah, there's some fantastic... Daniel Rigby, who most people will know from um, the BT advert. Yeah, he's dreadful adverts. However, he was also brilliant the year before last as Eric, young Eric Morecambe. Oh, he was fantastic in that. He's also very good in this. Um, he was very good in this, and I, I recognised him, and then I couldn't work out well. And then when I realised, I hated myself a little bit. <laughs> oh, I hate those BT adverts. <laughs> university was never that fun. <laughs> he looks a bit old for university. Um, you said that you didn't get into it straight away. The thing that put me off at the start was the laughter track, which I've since been told was not a laughter track. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think it it was a studio-based piece. It's probably too much hassle to put a laughter track on. There was only two scenes. Uh, it goes back to the Graham Linehan and his, his oft-spoken times when people complain about the laughter track for IT crowd. There wasn't one. They performed it. It was an audience mm-hmm. laughing. Well, I, at that point, I'll accept. And the point I won't accept is you saying oft-used. That was a strange Did choice. Did I say that? Yeah, you're a terrible man. Oh, I think my thing with laughter tracks is I don't want people having fun. There are no, it wasn't a <laughs> laughter track. You go, you're going down the wrong path. It was, a, I reckon it was a studio piece. That okay, was a design. Okay, okay. I was won back. I was won back by the, the, not by the story. It was a stupid story. I was won back by the people in it and the very funny writing. We haven't even mentioned Reese Shearsmith, who had a fantastic... Scene stealing character ending, just spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Shearsmith pops up. Oh, okay. In the advert, Shearsmith pops up. He's a great man. I think of that, there can be no doubt. So for my plus box, I've got to go back. I've caught enough on the plus box. Uh, I've got no time to catch up on it, but it will sit there, and then I'll delete it in a couple of months' time. There's loads of stuff, and then of course it's going to seep back. Onto 4OD anytime. You've also just shown me the website with some really charming. Oh God, guys, come on! There's a bit where Simon Pegg, you know, when Simon Pegg wasn't in Hollywood films and he was just a good guy that we all liked, yeah. And Jessica Haynes Hines, lovely lady, just having a chat. The standout star of 2012. Oh God, I love Jessica Haynes. But get on it. There's funny people having funny conversations, and if if you are not proud of Jessica Haynes for overcoming the backstabbing. <laughs> the yeah the the get just getting a bit of a, a grief for changing a name and I think I think we should be upstanding I think we should push forward and continue this love this explosion of love we have for Channel Four which brings us to one of the fantastic joys of Four OD is the uh, just the archive of what's available and uh, so we had to dig around and you made a suggestion. I did indeed. I feel like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is one of the great lost programmes of the last sort of ten years or something. Surely everyone has heard of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Or is it just nerds? I think a lot of nerds. It was originally shown very late at night and it's been released on DVD since. But the the number of people I speak to who don't know it means that it's worth us spending ten minutes talking to the six people listening to this podcast about it. And shamefully... I was one of those people who always claimed uh, to to be very aware of it, and it's, so it's it, 
seems I've been tricking myself after re-watching five of the six episodes this week. I seem to only have watched two of them previously. You're just living a lie. I've told I you lived that. lived the lie. And, and oh, fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. What is it? Well, let's get to the, the nub of the issue, Gav. You know me. I love a nub. <laughs> Wrong. Garth Marenghi is a character play um, created by Matthew Holness and Richard Iodi, who have done loads of things. IT Crowd, The Office, uh, The Mighty Boosh. Um, they also rope in Matt Berry and Alice Lowe. And that's your four cast members who subsequently, they all play characters in this world of Dark Place. Matthew Holness is Garth Marenghi, which Iodi is Dean Lerner, his publicist. Marenghi is a crime and fiction horror writer, and Dark Place is one of things he's written that has been uh, recorded, a pilot, six episodes by Channel 4, which was then shelved, and then they bring it back in the year 2004 with interviews cut in, explaining the show, and for the first time in history, it's shown. Is that clear enough? It's as clear as it needs to be. But it, it is down to the fact that Matthew Holness and Richard Iode have created this whole world of Garth Marenghi and Dean Lerner. And they translate it into this truly brilliantly terrible <laughs> 80s fictional, fictional, because there's two layers of fiction. Um, very serious, so serious, it's hilarious. Spooky horror crime a show. Something was pouring from his mouth. He examined his sleep. Blood? Blood. Crimson, copper-smelling blood. His blood. 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 And bits of sick. Yeah, there's just... There's... So many great things and great moments and great stand-up performances. My favourite, Richie Iodi as Dean Lerner is incredible. The, Dean Lerner is the publicist. He's also got a role in the show now. So he has to try and act his and very best. he's a terrible actor. So you can see him reading the script. You can, when he's arguing in those, the, the arguing scenes, yeah. unbelievable. He's fantastic. And lots of that um, eyes to camera and... Um, Brilliantly late physical movements, really beautifully <laughs> de de defined uh, performance. And Richard Iodi, in, who's just about to appear in The Watch, The Watch with with Ben Stiller, and he's been on that brilliant journey. But between then, the IT crowd directed Submarine. Yep. And did you hear that? that was the screaming baby? Is is what you you weren't you weren't supposed to hear? <laughs> um, God, Richard Iodi, who soon to appear. In uh, a big Hollywood movie. Watch, yeah, with Ben Stiller. I like all the adverts for that. He's one of the main four characters and he's never mentioned in any of the adverts. Then, then he's obviously going to be the best thing about it. Um, uh, you know him, of course, as we mentioned from the IT, IT crowd. Sickeningly talented director of music videos and directed Submarine, a fantastic film. Amazing. Years ago. And Matthew Holness popped up in uh, Life's Too Short recently, which is probably one of the better things. I watched that. I did watch did that. you? You're such a such a trooper for comedy. I know. I'm Sometimes, there. Gav, you just gotta just not do stuff. It's Back. just it's fine. You feel better yeah. about yourself. No, I, I have to. Back to Garth Marenghi because I um I said watch the first five episodes. Um, watch the first episode with uh, your boss. She's a lovely lady. She's a lovely lady, and she really enjoyed it, and was really surprised that it was like eight years old, and it wasn't a contemporary thing, and actually that it wasn't a bigger hit than it was. Why wasn't it such a big hit? Well, I feel like Channel Four probably shafted them a bit. If you if you stick something, it's very niche, and it was hidden away 
in the depths of 12, a, 12 a.m. It definitely wasn't a fast show, quick fix. You had to watch it to get it. I think that, but if you look at the success of stuff like The Office, which is another subtle comedy. This, it's to, not to, subtle. To call this subtle, <laughs> there's so many subtleties and, and lovely um, moments. If you go back, you get them a again. A giant eye but there's raping, also... a, uh, raping a man and who gives, immediately gives birth to an eye baby. Subtle gap. Yeah. It's my version of subtle. Okay. But also in the first episode where he swipes a man's head off yes. with a spade. There's subtleties <laughs> that I like. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of guns. Fantastic. Everyone carries a huge, big American shiny gun. It was the 80s, though. Popping so. caps left, right and centre. Um, one of the highlights for me is Matt Berry. And again, if you watch The Mighty Boosh, You'll know we recognise him from there. Um, he plays the actor Todd Rivers, who then played Dr. Lucian Sanchez, which that, that kind of uh, Hispanic name allowed him to just use one of the worst, <laughs> brilliant American uh, accents going. And with this fantastic conceit of um, redubbing it slightly out... <laughs> Not all the bits, just some of it, just for, for no reason whatsoever. But he, if you know his work, uh, you, you, you'll know that's that strong voice that he has. You and him were buddies. <laughs> um, that's me doing Matt Berry, doing yeah. Todd Rivers, doing uh, Dr. Sanchez. Well done. This is getting the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we talked about, and the, and the last character I want to talk, to talk about is uh, Alice Lowe, and she plays Madeline Wall, who plays the character Dr. Liz Asher, who with just the best wig. But you, you'll recognise her from so many stalwart comedy performances over the years. It's just a fantastic put-upon character piece. I think it, it just allows Garth Marenghi to bring all his sexism out in his yeah. writing. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, the thing about the Garth Marenghi is, character, taking back ten years, people like that were writing books and going on television and having those opinions. That was what's scary. Didn't somebody... Uh, who, who wrote Slugs? I don't know. Sean Hudson, who used to appear on TV programmes looking like that and speaking like that. He has a fantastic vocabulary. He refers to himself as a, as a dream weaver. A visionary. Plus actor. <laughs> Director. Uh, so I'm going to watch the sixth episode probably tonight. I just can't recommend it highly enough. And the fact that people don't know about it has made this this little chat 100% worth it. So do do dig it out. It's only six episodes. But after that, you can watch um, Man to Man with Dean Lerner. He got his own show after that. Well worth checking out, where he interviews Garth Marenghi in the first episode and they show a clip from a new film they've been working on, which is well worth checking out. And and of course you know this, but 4OD, some really just fantastically... Uh, diverse uh, comedy tucked away on there. Yes, it, it, there's all the big hits there. The S3 series of the in-betweeners is on there. But you've got Brass Eye. You've got uh, Comedy Lab. Those 27 episodes of the Comedy Lab there. Things that, you know, pilots that they tested and just don't go anywhere. Um, yeah, New Girl is on there. I tried that. I couldn't cope with it. Usually this would be a bit of the pod where I'd be sexist, but I'm not going to be this time. That's good. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you want to? Uh, we're on the side of caution tonight. And uh, seven, there's seven episodes of Noel Fielding's luxury comedy. We were going to watch that for this pod. We were. 
I think we still should. We never got round to that. It's got a second series. <laughs> anyway. 4OD, Channel 4. Hoorah. Too many adverts. The adverts do my head in on 4OD. August is a very special month for I Looking As I Said. Not one, but two interview guests. I'm here with Simon Self. Hello, Simon. Hello. Simon, um, what are you doing in my kitchen? Who are you? What are you doing? Um, my name's Simon Self. I'm a professional magician and freak show performer. Extraordinaire. Ooh. I know. Bit of difference. And uh, so yeah, that, that's what I do. I do close-up magic and stage magic, and silent acts, and everything. I, I've seen you a couple of times. I've seen you do the close-up stuff, uh, amazing. And uh, I've also seen you do some frankly dark and ridiculous things yourself, uh, in the name of magic and getting a few laughs. Yes, indeed. Why do you do these things? What do you do? Be- because it's fun. Um, <laughs> I uh, I hammer. I'm uh, one of the youngest performers in the UK to hammer two nails into my nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I swallow that, a Do you get like a b- badge for that? Is that like like Uber Scouts type? Yeah, yeah, Scout, yeah. Okay. Scouts. There's a register. There's a register of p- people who have nails into noses. And... Yeah. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah. Well, I, I once got, because I, I did used to say, oh, I'm the youngest performer in the, in the UK. And uh, a friend that I was gigging with at the time said, I used to do two when I was 18. I was like, but you're not 18 now. <laughs> but I thought I'd change it anyway, just it's to be honest. It's all about the wording. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, I've I'll seen you do that. that. It's freaky. <laughs> yeah, so I do that. I uh, also swallow balloons, mm-hmm. swallow razor blades, right. eat glass, yeah. um, floss a balloon through my nose and out my mouth. I'm Look. glad it was the mouth, yep. the nose and mouth. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, these are these are all things I've seen you do in a professional context, oh, not, not like just just sitting there watching you do these things. And it was v- very funny and very much part of that carnival cabaret, carny cabaret, dark. Um, resurgence of burlesque, but w- what's brought you to this point of your career? Um, what is it? Hammering nails into my face, that sort of Yeah, it's not, <laughs> and, and don't consider this counselling. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to know the dark stuff, just uh, how did you get to this point? Um, I don't know, really. I've always been sort of like interested in the weird and things like that. So when I was about 13, I bought, well, I, I pestered my mother to buy me some. Uh, some tarot cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, I'm, I am the, the youngest freak show act. That's a specific freak show act in the UK. That's freak show, the youngest freak show act, not the youngest freak. No, no, no. Uh, no. So. Now, um, I know that in the arsenal of uh, every good magician, actually, not in every good magician, but is is that the, uh, the diversion or the enticement of comedy and how important is putting the comedy into your act? Um, especially with the freaky stuff, because it is freaky, and people, being fair, people enjoy enjoy being freaked out and spooked, but they don't, there's always that time where they go, oh, <laughs> and they don't like it anymore. So there are acts out there which do the, do the same sort of stuff as I do, but they pull it, like, really, really from a, from a gruesome, freaky angle, lots of blood, lots of things like that. Um, but I don't like that because it's not me. I prefer being a funny performer and things like that. So I decided to make it sort of like a black comedy. So, um, for instance, when I hammer the nail in, everyone goes, oh, and just shouts at them. And go, oh, you're not laughing now, are you? Things like that. So. <laughs> you, got, you did, when I saw you, you actually got people up to, to do that? Yes. They I weren't, were they, and you don't have to tell us, they weren't set up, they were just... No, no, I, uh, I, did, I did a show recently and um, the pe- people came to see me, who wanted to book me for another show, and they said, 
you're the first act we've actually seen get someone else to do it and when we book you we don't want you doing that bit for safety issues okay <laughs> sounds like all right then <laughs> that's that's just there's wrong and then there's really wrong yeah i've learned a lot from chris cross who gave me my first london gig and we sort of like bump into each other again he's the, the guy who twists his yeah yeah he dislocates his shoulder if you if, not no relation to either me or the uh, rather high-pitched American singer. If you YouTube crisscross, crisscross, Criss contortionist, he does some horrible things to his shoulder blades. <laughs> he's gonna, he's, surely he's going to have arth- arthritic problems at some point. Yeah, he's, he's been told to stop, actually, <laughs> already. Yeah, if you want to see that carnival uh, crisscross. Thank you very much, Simon. That was really interesting. Yes. Good luck. And Simon, how can people follow you, and where are you, and what's your web address? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. I'm at the Simon South. Uh, Facebook, the Simon South. And my e- my uh, website is simonsouth.co.uk. So it's dead easy. Dead easy. And, you're on, and then uh, you're on YouTube. And yeah, on YouTube and stuff. everything like that. Thank you, Simon. That's absolutely fantastic. Would you like to see a trick? Well, yes. And of course, I asked Simon to say that because it's desperate. Because I'm not taking him back to the station. I'd like to see a trick. Um, can I get you an audience? You can indeed. Let me get you an audience. Right. Okay, the rain has stopped. We've got you in the audience. Yeah. Don't know how this is going to work on a podcast. Try best. Uh, uh, first time, funny looking, live magic. Give it a go. Right, let's, uh, let's try this in. Go on. Take a card. Oh, we're starting with a classic already. I know, I know. Who'd have thought it? Check it out, show it around. I'm just showing the microphone. And to the mirror behind you as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's an honest cheater. magician. I'm good. I'm not a calm man. I'm a cheat. There is a difference. Um, <laughs> right, so that goes in there. It's about halfway in. Yeah. Give or take. Now, this is the plan. Okay. This is where your descriptive techniques come in. We're going to make it jump to the top. Okay. okay. So is it on the top at the moment? No. No, okay. The count to three, it jumps to the top. Oh, it jumps to the top. Straight away. Straight away, it's right? the dark arts. We'll do it again. We'll do it slower this time. Okay. The two of hearts, by the way, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, it goes in nice and slow. You can see it going in. Okay, yeah. In the middle there. Okay, it goes to the top again. Right, it's now. the top. We'll do it face up this time, so you can see. Yeah. Give it a shake. Come to the top again. We'll do it once more, because you can tell you're a little bit perplexed. Yeah, um, that's good, is it? That's not bad. And just push it in for me, girl. I'm pushing it in. Spot on. Oh, and uh, dear listener, the two oh. of hearts I have just pushed into the pack is now in Simon's mouth. I can't, I can't, I can't express the feelings I have at the minute for that. <laughs> this is wrong. It's dark. We'll, we'll try this. Uh, have you heard of Yuri Yeller at all? I have. Yeah, he's a bit of a bender, isn't he? Yes, he is. Hey. Right, I've got, I've got two spoons. Go and point to a spoon. Which one? Uh, are these, are these from my drawer? I love yeah, that actually. one. Okay, I'm going to use this one. Hold on to that one. I've got this. I've got this one. Check it. Make sure it's a real spoon. It's definitely a spoon. That's our grey tea, and this is a spoon. All right. I'm going to try and bend this one. In fact, I'll twist this one, then I'll bend that one. Okay. Okay. Oh, that spoon is bending. That spoon is twi- in front of my eyes. It's it's like a Hindenburg reporting moment. Oh, the humanity. This is just wrong. That spoon was solid. It is now a twisted, mangled mess. Oh. See if I can bend this one now, yeah? Oh, that spoon is just bent. It's like watching Nostradamus and evil here in my house in front of my children. I have the power. The spoon is now responding to my finger. It is now bending in front of my eyes. 
that was just brilliantly wrong. Simon South, <laughs> you have brought dark magic into my house and in front of my children and my aged father. <laughs> where, where can we see you? We'll, we'll try one more. Can I call Oh, uh, well, this is my backup phone. Please it's don't cool. smash it up. It's cool, it's fine. Just to point out, somebody's inflating a balloon. It is not some kind of attack or medical condition. Here we go. There's an inflated balloon. Your phone, my balloon. My balloon. It's all the way around, all the way around. Oh, and the balloon's going down, and suddenly the balloon... Wow. My phone is now inside the balloon. It's opening it up again. You can now make safe phone calls. There we are. And now, I'm keeping that. I'm going to take a photo of that. My... My phone disappeared into a balloon. What do you think of that? Can you still play games on it? Yes, you can. That's a really good question. Right, he's bent two of my spoons. He has shoved my phone into a balloon. Time south, it's now time for you to go. But then this weekend, Gav, I uh, watched some football. I drank an awful lot of beer. Yeah. Disgusting amount of beer, really. It's embarrassing. Uh, What did you do? Anything, Anything nice? Um, I am involved drinking beer and taking lots of Rennie. <laughs> Other than that, I'm struggling to remember. Is Rennie a recreational youth drug? Uh, it's a recreational older person's drug. Lovely that, stuff. will come to a time in your life where Gaviscon and Rennie are key components of any good cocktail cabinet. <laughs> anyway, um, we've rambled enough already. You went to Edinburgh. And I'm quite aware that we ramble a lot, we do. so I'm going to be quite strict during this. Okay. Yes, I went to Edinburgh uh, with your boss. We dumped the kids somewhere. Have you seen them since? Uh, no, <laughs> funnily enough, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, we got a late, really good accommodation deal. Uh, 40 quid a night and some student digs. Those student digs smell like digs that I lived in 21 years ago, and I don't know if it's because it's digs or because I was in them. And bombed up to Edinburgh and did loads. It's fantastic. So, if you had to say, what was your favourite thing? What was your favourite thing? That's a great question. Do you remember when I interviewed Andy Zoltz when it was quite good? <laughs> now I'm trying to interview you. It's terrible. Carry on. Let's just listen. I've just listened to that back. I'm not sure. Um, it's really hard to say what I enjoyed the most because there was so much good stuff. But I'll start with the the last thing I saw, which was so stand out for me, was which was Tony Law, and Tony mm-hmm. Law, who you know been around for a long time has been carving his own path was talked about as the guy who could have won the awards this year um was just an amazing beautiful lunchtime gig in the stand 100 and odd people it was absurd it was beautiful it was about comedy it was funny as hell it had gags it had it was surreal it wasn't at all whimsical it was structured and bonkers did it appeal just to you or did your wife my boss also enjoy it because i'm trying to sort of yeah i'm trying to i know the angle you're going to as like a regular she didn't go to that one and you as like this loser we're in (laughs) well we're in a cul-de-sac with a question but um, you've struck a vein of truth with the loser (laughs) but we'll move over that well it was that he was penultimate gig and there were a lot of other comedians there it was a hot ticket i actually queued for a return tweeted about it and then somebody said are you working for a ticket and well, they hadn't turned up. It was absolutely jammed. He'd put another show on that night, and neither of which were in the had been announced. Um, I think you know he's always he, he jokes a lot about mainstream and 
says something say that's mainstream there is a mainstream <laughs> joke but and and who knows good luck to him all i know he was was there was huge amounts of laughter and huge amounts of warmth huge amounts of love for him and i definitely love to see that expanded as his hour and a half tour if he does it involved. i also noticed at the weekend there's a um one of his dvds is on well, a couple of his dvds are on gofasterstripe.com yeah. right, right so i will buy that as you a gift buy that. and we will share it well let's talk about well definitely we'll, we'll, let's make a date tony law will look at watch his dvd and, and if we love it because that's what we do we'll talk about it next right time. move on move on okay look, move on. Look, at, look at me going oh, it's very good um tim key master slut his last year's show um, I think the most important aspect of that show was um, I started and finished it. You were a big deal by the virtue of sitting in a certain seat. So let's not really no, okay. carry it yeah. away. He, he, his opening is um, he puts off a map of the seating and there's a line, a path through and over the seats and he does certain things to certain people. And the starting point was high five. And it was happened to be in this big seater where I was sitting. And that also happened at the end. So without me... Without, if I hadn't sat there, the show wouldn't have been. Anyway, Master Slut, it's the, the show with a bath, in a bath, video. Don't, don't reveal too much because he is coming to Manchester in October and I'm going to go. Do you want to come again? Yes. Well, we can do a bigger chat about Tim Key then. Everyone knows Tim Key's really right. good. Amazing. I've seen Tim Key. Absolutely He's amazing. amazing. Next, move, go. <laughs> it was uh, Bridget Christie uh, did a fantastic hour called War Donkey. Um, not enough films. What there's a Warhorse film, but not enough about war donkeys, and was just this brilliant clowning piece. It was also a treaty on on feminism. Um, it was also about there was a, a big piece on Tory conservative women as feminists, which was very very funny and very very angry making. Um, beautiful use of costume, beautiful use of words. Uh, at one point, your boss invaded the stage. Richard yeah, well, um, Christie was trying to get a costume on and, and she kept saying, somebody help me, help me, help me. And Kathy, my wife, your boss, was so heartfelt. She actually got up to help her and Richard Christie said, no, I, it was just a, just part of the routine. I'm okay, <laughs> really. really. But yeah, but thank you very much for thinking. Wasn't that lovely? It was very funny. And then at one point, <clears throat> and it was very funny. Did she have cable ties? <laughs> no, which was, oh, which is not very quiet. Um, it was very sweet. And then at another point... Um, I gave out an involuntary groan at the mention of a particular Tory uh, party fan and um, that drew Bridget Christie's attention and she, um, she referred to me as sugar from then onwards. So it's lovely that. I, was, um, I, I feel I was demeaned. I feel like you are trying to get too involved in all the shows. I think, <laughs> I, well, that's the thing. I got involved in quite a few, but it wasn't really by choice. I think it's because I really enjoy myself. I'm laughing. I'm and I've got, I've got, I'm six foot wide and six foot tall, so people can you're see one, me. You're and... certainly larger than life. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, Bob Slayer. I was up, ended up on stage with Bob Slayer, which is Who's a worrying thing. Um, well, let, let me just say that he helped me up onto stage, and uh, if I was, I hadn't been wearing jeans, I'm pretty sure that would have been a very intimate moment. <laughs> Um, so, 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 thank you for a very, very stiff cotton trousers and uh, Bob Slayer. <laughs> Just Google him. He's a very naughty man. I think that's his poster. He's been banned from many gigs. He's been banned from Perth, banned from Adelaide. I'd seen him the night before at the Malcolm Hardy Awards. Who wants to go to Australia? Who does? Uh, um, and he's he was very funny, uh, but but quite worrying. You feel like you feel terrible about finding him funny. I do feel no, but not because of anything he said content-wise. He's actually what he said was. 
But there was there, there was there was more offensive stuff on 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 the Boyle variety performance as expected than the things that he said. Actually, Bob Bob Slayer was come, uh, comes from a good place, except he does bad things and says bad things. If that works, um, and, and what's really interesting as well about him is he's incredibly hardworking. So I saw him at the Malcolm Hardy Awards, where he's part of the amazing Greatest Show on Legs. Google that, watch that. OTT, nineteen eighty-two, Greatest Show on Legs, Malcolm Hardy. Um, <laughs> he had his own show. But he was running the Alternative Fringe, which is a completely different financial model where you go as a comedian, you don't pay up front, you pay based on how many tickets you sell. Uh, he was extraordinarily funny. He didn't make everybody laugh. He was very, very rude and crude, mainly about himself. Um, so a real kind of like broken kind of comedian, but very, very, very entertaining. Bob Slayer. Good stuff. Okay, we've, we've probably talked too much already. So you've got pretty much 30 seconds to wrap up everything else you did in the <laughs> two hours. Name some name. Name drop. Yeah. Name, name drop. drop. Holly Byrne did a fantastic hour of character comedy where... where um, Really worked very hard, really very funny. Again, didn't hit the audience, didn't hit everybody in the audience, but maybe that was just a day. It certainly, I loved it. Uh, and uh, Move on, move on, next. <laughs> we saw Wilfredo's full show. If you remember, Wilfredo sang a song on the last podcast. Uh, absolutely amazing cabaret, Spanish cabaret singer, Wilfredo. Look him up. Go and see. Move on. Again. This is great. We should do more. I should just cut in. Go, next. Uh, and the last one I mentioned will be uh, Helen Arnie. A R N E Y. She she blends science and comedy in a very beautiful way with some lovely, lovely songs. And uh, I really enjoyed her show as well. So it was a really good. I think we did three days. I have no idea. I didn't sleep very much. That's impressive. For such an old man, you did a lot oh, of work. I think the worst point was the walking. Arthur Smith alternative work walking tour of the Royal Mile at three in the morning. I thought I was going to break. <laughs> it was brilliant, and I'm glad I did it. But <laughs> I just had to get up <laughs> but I'm definitely going back next year it's 21 years since I last went uh, and I know I want more at, at Fringe Comedy Festivals Best podcast ever Gav Did you enjoy that Pete? Yeah for, for the first time I properly enjoyed it and if, I think this is the one to get us into a double figures on the listeners I'm fingers crossed Well Pete I can tell you now we are more than double figures we are in the triple figures up I look at the statistics and we're very pleased with every single each and every one of you um, uh, and we, we hope to bring you more of the same next month what are we doing next month? I don't know because now Edinburgh's over there's going to be actual comedy outside of Scotland mm. so we can see some stuff we can go some stuff and you also you made Cav apparently has made some big name contacts during his uh, trip well, I, hope so. I don't get, believe it probably. there's a couple of poss- interview possibilities come out of that we're definitely going to Spread more love about Tony Law. Uh, but what we really love to do is to hear from you. Um, any top tips? Who's up and coming? Do you want to talk to us? Because we want to talk to you. We can do that remotely. You can do it via Skype. Or we can come to you if you can. We can somewhere. go to the house. I, I'd turn up anywhere. <laughs> no one would want you in their house. You're, you're a creepy man just sitting <laughs> opposite you here. I think Skype is enough. Um, so stay in t- contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get top tips from you. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at Funny Looking Pod. Well done. Yes. You can get us via email funnylookingpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website funnylooking.co.uk. Second time of asking, I've got that right. Well done. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, of course. And if you want some advice on how to subscribe to podcasts, uh, Pete's your man. 
Get Downcast for the iPhone. It'll change your life. Yeah, Downcast is very good, but you have to pay for it. Ah, come on, you schmucks. Most podcasts are free. The Apple Podcast app is disappointing. Not as disappointing as this outro. <laughs> great banter, great times. Uh, <laughs> I just want to go home now. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Bye.